All right, listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, master of time, space, and everything else in between. And, uh, oh, yeah, winner of this year's Modesty Award. You're listening to You Suck with Al and Tom. You're one stop for this sort of thing. What's up, guys? Welcome to You Suck with me, Alex Whiteley. And me, Tom Bruno. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's us. We're those guys. You heard that video. We Barney then because uh, Tom was like, like, I showed him the poster for, for Butcher Island, Boff. And I was like, yeah, it took me about three hours. He's like, of course, he did you fuck. <laughs> because the whole idea of like streamlining everything it was to, so, for me to slow down. But when I slow down, I kind of like, oh, well, I've actually got more time to do things on this day and this day and this day, then, you know? When I slow down, it gives me time to speed up. And now, Tom, I'm into this drug called crack cocaine. Have you ever heard of it? I can get so much done. <laughs> but no, no, I have, I have I've kind of been a bit, bit, bit more conservative with my time. In fact, Good. Um, yesterday was Timmy's birthday day. Cool. I saw um, that fucking you 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 went all out. Where were you at? Like a climbing place? What was that? That was his beaver hut. So like scouts beaver hut. That's where he goes for beavers. Uh, so he seven pounds an hour, man, to hide that thing. I was like, Whoa. wow. I went to I went to beaver hut last weekend. It was pretty dope. Fucking it was in the beaver hut. You know, fucking ate some beaver. What, what are we talking about now? Oh, you're talking about your kid. Sorry. Anyways. Back to your kid. So, so the beaver hut, the beavers, for those that aren't very familiar, is like um, the the uh, the British equivalent of the Boy Scouts or the Cub Scouts, whichever one you want to. Yeah, well, say. what was the uh, the equivalent of what you guys do? Because it goes beavers, well, Cub see, Scouts, Scouts. Yeah, well, we had Scouts, but there's like a bunch of different animals involved in the Scouts. There was the wolf, the bobcats. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, which is just, like, so fucking hilarious to me. Because, like, we pick, like, yo, the wolf, the fucking noble wolf. We got the 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 stealthy bobcats. We got the fucking all this shit. And you're like, we got the beaver. And I'm like, whoa. What's, what's that supposed to mean? You're like, we love pussy. Uh, beavers are, you know... Um... <laughs> Beavers. beavers, yeah, yeah, they they, they were have... they were the uh, cash animal for the early eighteen hundreds. Everything was made out of them. I get it, I get it. We we had beavers here in the UK originally. You know, do well. you? So yeah, we did. And and then like hunters were like, let's kill all of them, all of them, fucking. if I was over here and you saw a beaver just to fucking start trying to strangle it to death, <laughs> like I've got you, you bastard. <laughs> Uh, they've just reintroduced beavers into the Shropshire Wildlife, which is quite interesting. Really? And I want to I want to speak to someone from the Wildlife Trust to see how it's gone because, like you know, we've reintroduced this the animal that was part of our ecosystem hundreds For of years ago. Thousand, yeah, hundreds and thousands of years they were there, and then all of a sudden a bunch of white people show up and they just fucking mow them down. But I don't know why I'm laughing. We did the same thing in the buffalo, but then again, the buffalo are like way back in a big bad way. Like if you too. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't talk about that, Alex. Thanks mm. for bringing up some bad. Hits you. Oh, no, sorry. Do <laughs> you want some blankets, bro? Oh, sorry. Oh, man. Oh, oh. no. Fuck it. So I've been at work. <laughs> uh, this is normally my day off, everybody. Like, normally my Saturday, Sunday is my day off. And that's why we agreed to Sunday. Um, I'm not off today, actually. Funnily enough, like, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going right into work. 
Um, I, I work with a bunch of young kids, and that only has a little bit to do with it. One of them, and th this was so weird to me. Like, I, I, I feel like I could talk about this. So one of them is this little girl named Destiny. She's a really, really cool little girl, very smart, very responsible. But like two weeks ago, she's like, so I got permission to go on vacation from my boss. Like my boss was in charge of my store for a while before I took over. And he kind of like dealed out responsibilities and said what they could do, blah, blah. Well, he said she could go on vacation. Totally fine. Not a big deal. Oh. She went on vacation for two weeks. Um, Here's the thing is she went to Oregon to meet up some dudes that she met on TikTok. She's never met in person ever. And she's going away for two weeks to hang out with these dudes for yeah. two weeks. Yeah. That she's never met in Oregon. Is and that really like people not watch documentaries and learn to like my dad's sense was just like bang, bang, bang. I was like, uh, do you have phone numbers where you're going? Does your mom have any like inclination? Like it was really throwing me through a loop. And I talked to the wife about it. I'm like, I'm like, what do you think about this? She's like, she's gonna die. And I was like, Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> but how much dumb shit did you do when you were younger and stuff? Survive, a lot of man. dumb shit, but I did it in exactly. my town. So that way, if I fucking die, they know about it within a day. That's how people go missing, Alex. This is America, the land of the free and the home of the death. Yeah, but I mean, meeting people off TikTok is different to like meeting someone off Craigslist. Like, I mean, like, TikTok, they're, they're quite, they're, well, they like it. Is it though? It depends what they're doing on TikTok, no honesty. Well, there's snowboarders. There's snowboarders. And like, there was this whole, like, there, and I, I asked um, my other coworker, Ruby. <laughs> Because they're like best buddies or whatever. I'm like, hey, is Destiny talk to him? She's like, yeah. I was like, like a live video, like you've seen, you've spoken to her, like proof of life and shit. And she's like, well, no. I'm like, dude, she's dead. Like that girl's dead. Like flat out, she's dead. Um, but she's probably not. But that's okay though. I, what's that say about me though? That I'm so you're untrusting. You're maturing. Uh, yeah, you've seen a lot of documentaries. I mean. You know how this shit works. But I mean, like, I feel like we're living in the in in the age where almost it's really hard to be off the grid these days i mean like people doing stories every day like tiktok is another mm. thing where people are just like oh, look where i am i'm going to the gynecologist to be anonymous these days right it is which is good which is good because there's lots of evidence to lead up to who you are and where you live and all that type of stuff i don't know it just it threw me such through such a loop i'm like wow you're not trusting is it our generation that's just not trusting is it just because we've been exposed to so much because we we grew up the age that we did like what about us you and me and my wife and everybody else that's you know basically says like don't trust the situation chicks chicks, yeah, <laughs> chicks. we've been for the we've been for the mill man no i don't know i think I think at the moment we're living in. I think the genuine answer is that we're in a dick era. Like guys, we know what guys are like, right? Mm. I mean, you only have to be on Twitter for five minutes to understand that guys are just fucking hot. You put just a picture. You you post a picture of Emma Emma Watson, like Hermione. Bam, there you go. Instagram, no 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 uh, uh, text on it, anything like that. Just picture, bam, and you get guys. <sighs> Wasn't she better looking when she was like 10 in Harry Potter? Oh my god, and that wand, bro. Yeah, Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby, Millie Bobby, the 11th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's another one. things, and yeah, it's just all these old creeps. I know, dude. Like, like I'm kind of past that, like, because they did show a picture of her not too long ago where she's like all grown up and like trying to look like a lady and stuff. And I'm like, well, she's still that little girl from Stranger Things. Like, get off her fucking case, kids. Like, everyone, don't don't look at her like that. It's gross. We had we had a very sweet uh, conversation actually a, a couple of years about a year ago about um, 
Don Draper's daughter who's now playing Sabrina. Yeah, remember? Sabrina, and was, yeah, and yeah. Like, and they showed her in their panties <laughs> and then in the lingerie. And I was <laughs> like, oh, no, don't do that. No, that's, that's Don Draper's daughter. Like, that's weird. Like, and that's yeah. another thing. Don, we would say, yeah. But Don Draper's daughter was getting into some shit, though. So you could see she was kind of like going down that bad road. She was like smoking cigarettes with her mom. She's talking to boys, like going to her dad's fucking apartment. Man, how great was Mad Men? <laughs> Like everything I just said, I was like, I was like, yeah, she did that. I'm like, wow, Mad Men was so great. What a great show that was. Um, but but fuck that shit. Did you watch any of the new episodes of Book of Fett yet? Yes, I did. I watched the first two. Oh, so good, so good, so good. Are you fucking kidding me? The first what are you one saying right now? I liked it. I liked it, but I was kind of like, okay, cool. It wasn't like wow. It wasn't like Mandalorian. I was kind of. Like, Give me more, like Mandalorian. I, I wanted more straight away, like in my veins. Give it to me, but but book of Boba Fett's kind of like, yeah. Don't, don't. Wow. Cool. All right. I mean, do you, do you care to like? Better. The second one was much better. I feel like they they, uh, they didn't open up on a. I mean, obviously we got the the Starlight Pit kind of like reveal how did he survive the Starlight Pit? That was quite cool. Yeah, that right? was awesome. Very simple. Like he's got his armor. Not dissolving because his armor, and he grabs the, the stormtrooper thing. He's like, yeah, but he goes. fucking dude, that that was so okay, okay, okay. So, but you're not the only one. Okay, let me just throw this out. You're not the only one that feels this way, okay? Because the first thing I saw when these came out is they're like, ooh, not a strong opening for fucking you know Book of Fett. And I thought it was great. I, I mean, honestly, maybe I'm just easier to please. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I don't watch new stuff, and like when I do see new stuff, I'm just so excited. I'm like, yes, yes. Um, I thought it was great. I I love the whole and spoiler, 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 spoilers. In case you've not seen the book of Fett, stop listening. Um, dude, like him taking the fucking oxygen out of the stormtrooper's mask and learning to breathe, and then cutting open the fucking sarlacc, like escaping. I was like, wow, this is fucking where it's at, dude. Like, I, I love the explanation, but I think maybe you need to take the Mandalorian episode where Boba Fett comes back and play that as the actual first episode, and then go into the book of Fett. Because that would maybe um, pump the juices a tiny bit more, or it might make you really want to watch The Mandalorian again. I don't know which one. Um. Okay. When I look when I look at Boba Fett, right? Yeah. This this is a, this is a kid that causing all kinds of shit in Clone Wars, right? This is a guy who's taking down yeah. destroyers and giving giving fucking Obi Wan Kenobi the real fucking works as a teenager, right? So he sits on this chair and he's like, "I run this shit now." And they straight up walking through Tatooine. He's kind of they're like, I, I, I just walk. I'm gonna carry yeah. a walk. And yeah, I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. This guy knows how to run this game. He knows how to do this shit. He's walking out in the open, right? And he's like, I run the shit. And like, he, he, he has no idea what he's doing. He's out in the open, and anyone can pick him off. You know, there's like tribes all around Tatooine. It's a da- dangerous place. But yeah, he's like, yeah. And I'll walk out in the open. No one can kill me. He's not stupid, man. Boba Fett well, isn't I, that stupid. And that's what kind of thing no. you have I think that there's a point behind it, though, that he's trying to, like, show people. Like, because, like, the Huts had thousands of years to basically establish the fact they're the dominating, like, gangsters. And they run shit. And, and the people die if they don't fucking, like, you know, respect them and all that stuff. But, like, I, he has, like, no time. He just barely took over the Dynamo job. And that's how you pronounce it, right? Dynamo? 
Yeah, right? time from them. Time, time, okay, time, time, so yeah. he just got the job as local gangster lord, and he has no proof of the fact that he's Boba Fett, but he's known as a bounty hunter. So like people are like you know not gonna respect his position as a gangster lord. So not only is he like the Don Corleone of this fucking thing, where he's like, yo. I don't want to have to kill unless I absolutely have to. And I make decisions based on, you know, like actual thought process and not based off of motion and all that type of stuff. I respect the fuck out of that. Mm. But also he's like, I got to show everyone that if things are going to be thrown my way in a public fashion, that I can take care of myself, that my people will take care of me. I think it's a real statement about his position and less about him not thinking things through. And it goes back to him walking, right? Like, he's like, listen, I'm not the lord of anything, but I, you know, but I will take care of business. I like the sand people shit. I think that's some of the best stuff ever. That, Tuscan that, Raider, man. fucking that's dude. I, I love that set of this shit. I mean, like, I get it. I get it. You can't, for, you can't be like, hey, I have a full house. You got to show you cards in the first episode. You got to be like, you got to wean people into it. And I love that. I kind of like the narrative that you've got, like, how he becomes like where we see him in the Mandalorian, you know, you're getting that mm. build up um, and you're getting the. Now we have a story that we can write and take a time with it because we've got, a, there's a long time between uh, return of the Jedi and force awakens. So they can do this whole story now with Boba Fett and they can write what the fuck they like and they can make it fun. I'm just like, okay, where are they going to go with it? I mean, let's take our time. Sure. Um, the second episode, the second episode was very good. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I love the whole train, the whole train thing where he's like training him out to, you know, the the speed bikes. He's he's teaching him how to do that. That that is fantastic. I love that. But like the first episode, I thought he did, they just played him a bit dumb. I don't know if I think you're right. I think he's probably playing dumb, trying to draw people out maybe a little bit. I don't know. Um, I like it because it's very like, okay, the Mandalorian's like, um, okay, back up even further. Star Wars is like a samurai film in space, right? Western, I'd say Western. Uh, a little bit of both. Like, well, it's got samurai aspects, you know, the respect, the force, you know, learning yeah. from a master, things along those lines. That's very samurai. And of course, you're right as well. It's a Western space as well. The gunslinging, the fucking, the cowboy type attitude, the speeder bikes, things along those lines. So, the Mandalorian is even is like full fledged Western. It is like um, what's that movie about the little girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bom, bom, bom. yeah. But, I mean, um, it, start, it starts off like I could take you in cold or I could take you in warm. I'm yes, like, oh. it's, it's it's Western. Yeah, and I feel like um, the like like the the Book of Fett is another great page book page um in that story of like oh this is a western but it's also taking more aspect like do you, do you ever see dances of wolves the way that uh kevin costner fucking like integrated into the american indian tribes and all that shit i feel it's really on par with that especially with the tuscan raiders like, i i don't know if it's really just learning more about them that's making me really excited about the show or mm. kind of like seeing why um, he is who he is now based off his relationship built with the Tuscans, but I just dig it. I dig it so fucking hard. And like, this is actually exciting me more than Mandalorian. I'll tell you why, because I feel like the Mandalorian at one point and which is fine because I still love it. I'm not saying I don't love it, mm-hmm. but it became more about Grogu than it did about the Mandalorian. Right? Like you mentioned the Mandalorian people are like, Oh, baby Yoda or Grogu, whichever you, you know, want to say, yeah, yeah. but the book of Fett, 
the thing you say is Boba fucking Fett. And that's what it should be about because it's not mm-hmm. called the Book of Grogu. It's not called the Grogu. It's called the Mandalorian. And this is called the Book of Fett. And I'm seeing Boba Fett. That's what I want to see. And that scene with the fucking Rancor is dope as shit. Where they yeah. fucking drop him I mean, in the pit. And like, go see how much he likes dealing with the Rancor. I'm like, I looked at the wife. I swear to God. I was like, that thing's dead. There's no fucking Rancor in there. And all of a sudden, like, he's sitting there. He's like, ah, it was the mayor. And all of a sudden, they fucking like, he's not in there, dummy. I was like, ah, that's amazing. Give me more of that. I mean, just think about it. We, we blinked, basically. And, and you know, Boba Fett, uh, uh, Jaja, Jabba is dead. Jabba. We blinked, right? We blinked. Jabba's yeah. dead. Um, you know, he's, he's like that scene where he's inside the Salak pit, right, is literally like seconds after, uh, you know, uh, uh, Luke Skywalker's ridden off into the sun and they've just, they've been now continuing, continuing on with the, 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 the Skywalker. Well, we don't, we don't know exactly like, though. We don't know exactly though. Like that's the thing is there, it's day? hard to, well, it's it's hard to tell because remember it takes thousands of years for you to digest in the in the Sarlacc pit. So like it's kind of hard to tell exactly how long he's been sitting there. But I would I would say that it's been no longer than a couple days because like he has oxygen tanks. I'm sure that the space age um, you know shit that they're using that it probably has enough oxygen to like a little last tank it lasts forever. They can make it last. Um, but he was running out of oxygen. So <clears throat> let's just say like the longest he's been there is a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means things have gone down. Um, I, I didn't see any of the wreckage. Did they show any of the wreckage of uh, of the uh, the floating spacecraft? What Jabba's pleasure? There, there the was there was like, wreckage around him, but I'm, I'm okay. Like, I can't remember. Like, I was, you know what we're gonna like have to do? Week. We're gonna have to fucking like go back through and watch it again. I, I feel like I want to. I want to digest. I was kind of like, um, I was like, "Bamf, man, we need you." And I, like after we've finished, um, good call. Good call. Uh, book of Fett. I was like, I'd love to go through it with you. Uh, he hasn't responded yeah. to me. I mean, he takes a while to get back. He came on Pod Aid for us, and he did stuff with uh, the Chronicles totally guys. Did. So he knows who who we are. So, but I know that mm. now that that Ke- the Kev Smith podcast stuff is like popping at the moment. He might be quite busy. Is it? I haven't. Uh, I haven't. I haven't been watching very much. Like I. A couple of weeks ago, they did a Babylon. I saw Babylon. they did Babylon. I, I was so all over that, dude. They did Babylon. I was on it like you like you would not believe. It. I was like, oh my god, Babylon finally! And I fucking they haven't been doing like um they haven't been doing Batman the fucking Beyond. the the other show fucking the uh, Batman not the, Beyond. Not they the did the home show. They did a, a, a Spider Man spoilers. Like they spent a good two and a half hours talking about. I didn't watch it. I, I I still have to go see it with the wife, and I'm trying to stay away from everything. I'm actually very impressed that people have been like not saying things about Spider Man, which makes me really happy. There's a few few bits that are kind of sneak, sneaking out a little bit, slipping out, and then kind of like I've just unfollowed a a page actually um, that I've been following for. They were called the Geek League or something like that. I don't know, but that they were, I, I get a lot of memes from them and post them on our thing, and I like them. But they get there's somebody that's running that fit shit. It's kind of like, well, fuck you, spoiler, fuck you, spoiler. And I actually wrote to him, and I was kind of like, guys, man, that was really shitty. Like, because a lot of the stuff, like, like everyone else with, with Spider Man, if I saw something that was Spider Man related, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I scroll quickly, yeah. wouldn't look at it. And there was something that caught my eye. Um, and I went back after I watched the film, I went back and I looked at it, and I looked at it, and it was like two days after the movie had been released, and they put this really spoilerific meme. And I was like, well, do you know what? You guys. Dickheads for doing that, like that was really shitty. Like, like two days, come on, 
Like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking, I feel like you're Homer Simpson in the in the lesbian bar, and you're like, wait a second. This bar has no fucking fire exits. Well, enjoy your death trap, ladies. <laughs> and you fucking take off. I like to. I don't. I don't want to get to the point where I'm Jerry Smith. You know, like you know, you know, with that scene where she's like, where, where um, Beth's like, you know, when you wrote to that guy, well, you know, you are because you said you are. What am I or something like that? And you press, press, refresh, refresh, refresh. I don't want to be that petty guy. But like two days after Spider Man's been released, and they really they put this meme. I was like, that, that's really spoilerific. Um, but um, what I unfollowed them for is they showed a an on set picture of um. Of the Thor outfit, I think it was. Um, and I was like, oh, oh, fuck off. I don't want to see that shit. For, for Love and Thunder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I, I haven't seen anything about it. Fucking, I don't like that I shit. Want... I don't like the on-set pictures and stuff. I don't want to see that. They did that with um, with uh, the Dawn of Justice, with the Batman and Superman stuff. They had like the, the Batmobile like, on-set pictures of it. Oh, yeah, they did. And, do I was like, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, I've been you know I've been reading. Um, I've been getting. I, I got a bunch of Amazon cards for uh, for Christmas and stuff. So I ordered a bunch of stuff. One of them being uh, the Funko Pop, fucking for Fry. Obvious reasons. I love Futurama. We love Futurama. <clears throat> we had Billy West on, which is fantastic. So I got that. Mm-hmm. I got the um, I got the Treehouse of Horror pin set they released a couple of years ago. Um, really, really cool. It's got like Kang, Kodos. It's got the Gremlin. It's got Burns the Vampire and it's got Bart the Raven. And we all know how I feel about the Bart the Raven episode. It's one of my favorites. <clears throat> but I also got um I got the first book, uh, and it has a lot to do with uh, the fact that we had Mike Perkins on. Um, I got the first book of the saga of Swamp Thing. Because I've never read oh, Swamp cool. Thing. I re- I, met, I I read a couple like singular issues, and I have the issues where uh Swamp Thing uh, goes to Gotham. I have that like in comic book format, but like I didn't read too much Swamp Thing, and and like, I always hear about how Alan Moore's Swamp Thing is like the thing that started the new Swamp Thing. Like everything's kind of based off of what he made. Um, so I was like, I got to see what this is all about. I got to see what the big hype is, and it's fucking brilliant. It really is. So now I want to like uh, get Mike Perkins back on later on down the road after I read some more of his stuff, and I want to like pick his brain a little bit because, like, I don't know if it's like I'm kind of falling not out of love with other. You know, comic book heroes. Like, I still, love, I think Batman's great. I think Spider Man's amazing. All this type of stuff. But like, I'm looking for something different. I think in a comic book that I want to digest. And Swamp Thing is really piquing my interest. It's a lot of fun, especially. Um, did you ever watch the uh, the cartoon they made a long time ago for Swamp Thing? Uh, no, and I haven't seen the uh, the uh, the show, the dude. It's show. so hard to find. I wanted to watch that with Shona, and I can't find it anywhere. You have to like get on like a Amazon, possibly on Amazon. It's it's not like I look for it on Amazon. It, you might be able to buy it, but I don't like buying shit. Like unless I full fledged know I'm going to watch and they only made like one season of it. So it's not really worth buying because I guarantee they didn't end to end it the way they should have. Like if they, if they said, okay, so this one season of swamp thing is ended in the one season of swamp thing. I think, okay, cool. I can deal with one. What, what do they call that over there? They have a name for that uh, limited series. Yeah. Limited, uh, limited run, like limited series, yeah. limited run. Yeah. Yeah. So if they or if they TV did it like that, movie. oh yeah, TV. <laughs> it's a lifetime TV movie of Swamp Thing where he falls in love with um, Abby Arcane and the stepfather that will not respect their fucking romance. Starring Jason cool. Statham. 
(laughs) (laughs) Listen, Abby, I can't fucking do this no more. Fucking, I'm going to go inject this adrenaline in my dick and I'm going to go fuck some shit up. Chew on my bark, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Bad. Bad. See, that's why you're not allowed to have time off with jokes like that. You're not allowed to have time off anymore. No, no. no. (laughs) What have you been doing besides celebrating the birth of your son? Which, by the way, if anyone's never paid attention to Alex's page, um, Alex made the news um, seven years ago now. So you made the front page of the papers. Do you want to tell them why? Yeah, well, not me, Timmy. Um, the, the you know you the were there. I saw car. you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I could, you just see the picture. You shove him out of the picture, and you go like this. Fucking amazing. Yeah, well, because he was born on New Year's Day, um, and this is why we had this party like just yesterday. Because like, I've, I've, nobody's everybody's broke, everybody's busy. It's New Year's. It's yeah. like a bank holiday and shit. So New Year's Day, we have his party a couple of weeks afterwards or a week afterwards. Um, but yeah, he was born on New Year's Day. So like he was, the the, the, the newspapers come in, they're like, oh yeah, is there any, any kids been born that we can talk about in the paper? And that Timmy was one of the kids and they chose him. There was like four born. Um, but they liked our story because um, I bragged to my mates where I worked before, you, could ne- you couldn't have time off over Christmas at all. Like it was just like, you're not allowed to do that. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to have paternity over Christmas. Fuck you guys, two weeks off over Christmas. <laughs> Timmy was late, um, <laughs> so I worked over Christmas, and not only that, um, I had to, um, we watched uh, the fireworks for New Year's Eve on that little screen you have in the hospital, that you can pull over the bed, mm. I don't know if you have that in America, but we, yeah, that's how we did our New Year's Eve, and t- cars in and out the bath and labour and stuff, you know, it was just, um, it was a, an interesting way to spend New Year's Eve, but I say, um, and now like, so Timmy's going to have fireworks on his birthday every year. That's awesome. I mean, like, like was that a little intrusive though? Like at the time, where did you feel like? I mean, obviously, it's exciting because, especially because, like, your your youngest is getting a lot of attention right after he was born. That's a really, really cool thing. But did it feel like a little intrusive? The fact that you had all these cameras and everything, kind of after one of the no, most like know, intensive they, things in your they, life you're ever going to go through. No, they just they were just like um, send us a picture, and we'll we'll and then they they came. They answered, asked us a few questions, and then they left. It was nothing intrusive. Like, you know, the BBC, like, as we lock up her cervix yeah. right now, like, <laughs> how damaged are you? And you're like, she's like, what? <laughs> you're not smiling. I am smiling. Not that your face down there. Smile more. <laughs> Alex, honey, honey, don't worry. It's the BBC. It's classy. It's all right. Don't worry about it. You're going to get some great filters. So you look amazing. You look like you're 19 Excuse me, again. Can you look a bit more concerned, please? Your wife. <laughs> can you have like, you know, like a knife or something in your hands like you're chasing us out of the room, please, Mr. Whiteley? <laughs> um, no, it was, it was quite, it was really cool. Um, it is really cool. Yeah. I mean, they make a big deal about that down here too. Like, um, like any New Year's babies that are born, they usually. I mean, I don't know if it's in the papers anymore because I don't think papers exist. But like, um, yeah, that that they make a big deal about here. See, that's one of those things that connect us. We're like, hey, are you born on fucking January first, motherfuckers? We want to talk about you. Trump and Brexit really fucked up the papers. I think a little bit because it's, it's like all negative shit now. It's always like, uh, what can we get? How can we get a rise out of people? Like so, they'll put like a, a story about uh, I don't know how the Freddo has gone up by like five p due to Brexit or something. Uh, and What's then that? The, a Freddo was a little Cadbury's bar, and there's always ten p. There's always ten p. You could always buy a ten. You can like, like if you got like fifty p to go spend on sweets or something, you could buy like a Freddo and loads of uh, little pick and mix sweets, what have you. But so it's always been legendarily ten p until infl- inflation came along, and it's. It's not like 50p. 
60p. <gasps> bastard. So oh, the good way, it. it's actually a really good way to look at inflation is like, how much is the Freddo these days? <laughs> okay, so uh, the American equivalents to that would be like there's something called penny candies. Like um, they used to have them forever. I don't think they even have them anymore. But like people would always be like, "Well, fucking penny candies cost five cents now." You know, it's it's a similar line of thought like that. Like you can really see the inflation based off of something that was super super cheap, and now it's rising to the point where it was even known for being cheap. Right? Like you would know that you would go get a Freddo for ten p. And now you're like, oh, well, the Freddo is going up to fucking 15p. Those motherfuckers, you know, things like that. Well, look, I found a genuine graph. It's, a, it's a, the cost of Freddo over time. And it's actually above inflation at the moment. So it started off at 10p um, in 2000. And then if you go with inflation, the, the, the sort of general pattern of inflation, by the year 2030, a Freddo should be 20p. But if you, wow. if you look at how the, the path it's going right now, in the year 2030, we're looking at 36 pence. 36p wow. for a Fed. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> fucking, wow. Well, I, I don't even know what to say about that anymore. So, have you, fucking... have you heard, by the way, um, but we are waiting for our guest, by the way. Ant McGinley uh, is joining us, a podcast OG, good friend of mine. I wanted to catch up with him. Um, so, we're going to we're gonna bring him in as guest. But um, did you hear that the CW is for sale? What really? Fucking yeah, like, Warner, Warner Brothers don't have the money to keep it going anymore, or they just have no interest. Well, I think I think um, CW just have like a temporary lease on on the, the DC characters. I think um, I don't know, uh, I don't know how that works. So um, I don't, I don't the Arrowverse is on CW, so the Flash and Arrow and all the shit that they made with that is all is all like I don't know if that's for sale as well. Um, let me have are a they? They're not doing any of that shit anymore, right? Like, I think, like, are, are any of those shows being made anymore? I, th- I know Doom Patrol is still being made, but that's not a CW show. Um, is Batwoman still a thing? Um, Batwoman is re- till recently because they had, um, what's her name? Um, Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, African American chick took over, from what I understand. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't really pay. I mean, it, it started off as something really cool. The CW. I mean, Arrow was was good, apart from the fact that I've always complained that they tried to turn it into a soap opera. Like, really, genuinely, like, cared. I don't give a fuck about the romance, who's with who. I mean, I know there's a little bit of that in comic books. You know, you do have love yeah. interests in comic books, but it, I like the 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 Flash stuff as well. Um, but like, it started I... to take a veer off a path, and I was just like. And then they had to go with Teen Titans with Netflix. Netflix had the 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 Titan stuff, and even that was kind of like, yes, this is great. But then it was just like Raven didn't shut the fuck up whining. I was like, oh my god, (laughs) we get it. Your dad's the fucking devil. Shut the fuck up. Mm. Oh, um, really quickly before Ann gets here, fucking, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you something in the private chat. I'm gonna see if uh, you can post it really quick because it's something that you'll kind of dig. Hold on, let's see if I can get okay, this here. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Because it, when I saw this, I want to see if you had the same thought I did. Okay, so he's sending me right. this um, whilst I'm reading about the CW on the on the private chat. It's in the it's in Streamyard. Oh, in Streamyard. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the, it's in the Streamyard private chat. It's in the things you can't say. Um, this post came up in a fan bo- uh, Facebook fan page that I'm part of, and I want to see if you can guess which fan Facebook fan page I pulled it from. Okay, so um, it says here. Okay, okay. Can you screen share it? Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Um, Alex is now going through the computer. He's looking concerned on his face, trying to get through the mountain of porn that is blocking his access. Um, so this is a. Is an article. What the fuck? That's, That's the CW stuff. I'll click the wrong Okay. Thing. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, that has nothing to do with what I sent you. <laughs> that, girl, that woman there. Um, okay. So, uh, share, blah, 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 screen share, and we'll go. By the way, I don't know if you noticed the flag that I got on my window. It's a, a, It's just for you, by the way. Isn't that like. Uh, the QAnon. You need to explain that shit to me in a second, okay? It's uh, the "Don't Tread on Me" fucking um, flag, which is with the militia from back in the Revolutionary War. I figured it'd be fitting for our show. Is that um, like uh, the new Confederate flag? Is that <laughs> no, that's that's assholes, dude. I I hate those assholes. I don't I don't wave it. Being like I hate the government. I I like it because of the historical fact. I don't. <laughs> a bit like South Park. <laughs> when they wave the flags at Alexa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll read the title to you. Scientists discover two meter long carnivorous worm with snapping jaws. Now, what Facebook fan page would I have pulled this article from? Well, Facebook page. It was it was a uh, fan page dedicated to a movie. Uh, and it's got to be something to do with uh, Dune, I imagine, nope. or Star Wars, or nope. Oh man, I thought you forgot this right off the bat. Like you, you're the guy that knows this. Two two meter long. Carnivorous worm with snapping jaws. Earthworm what Jim. Mo- what the fuck? Earthworm. Did he have snapping jaws? Was that like part what of his thing? Oh, they did have that dog. Uh, Tremors. Tremors was the uh, thing that. Uh, okay. I'm with, um, and uh, apparently, scientists found this fucking um, worm, and like they've had this stone. It's actually in Sweden, fucking. So it's over in the UK. You can go see the stone if you want to, Alex, and touch a tremor. Oh. Um, Do you say Sweden in the UK? Yeah, it's it's over there, man. Fucking um, Sweden is not in the UK, motherfucker. It's it's over towards there. It's in that general area. Like you're all next to each other. <laughs> it says here researchers from University in Bristol, uh, Lund University in Sweden. What? University yeah. of Bristol, Lund, in Sweden. Okay, yeah. so they've got a University of Bristol in Sweden. Okay, sure. And the Royal Ontario uh, Museum studied an ancient fossil which has been stored at the museum since the mid-1990s and discovered the remains of a giant extinct bristle worm, the, mar- the marine relatives of earthworms and leeches. So it wasn't far off from Jim. Uh, the, new species- <laughs> the new species is unique. The new species? That's not new. Uh, is is many- <laughs> Like this. <laughs> That's not new. <laughs> it literally says 300 million. Uh, the new species is unique among fossil worms and possess the largest jaws ever recorded in this type of creature, uh, reaching o- um, over one centimeter in length and easily visible to the naked eye. Uh, typically, such fossil jaws are only um, a few millimeters in size and need to be studied using microscopes. Um, okay. It's cool, Can you man. imagine if this is what Tremors was about, was like these little itty-bitty worms with snapping jaws. <laughs> it fucking, there's like, oh, step on it. <laughs> End of the movie. I, 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 can just, I can just actually imagine like if, if like... <laughs> No, don't eat me. I'm eating you. Gobble, 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 gobble. Stop eating my leg. Like one centimeter little jaws. It's like, it's like, no, no. 
<laughs> fucking, you got a, you got Bert from fucking Tremor shooting the elephant gun at him. He's like, you use the elephant gun and fucking just blows this thing to fucking kingdom come. Yeah, yeah man. Um, it reminds me uh, of uh, the, the scene of the mummy with the scarab things. On the oh, yeah, oh, the Beatles. Freak me the fuck out, man. That was, oh. dude. I when I watched that with the kids, I think that was the only thing that kind of fucked with them was like the scarabs and um, that scene where they're like, yo, they buried this motherfucker alive and he's scratching into, by the way, I don't like it when I bend my nail back a tiny bit. Like if you like grab something really quick and you bend your nail, like, oh, that really hurts. and I can't do anything for the next year. Um, Like this dude, Emotep fucking like sat there and scratched into the stone for like days or whatever the fuck it is. Um, the champ anyway, tremors is a great movie and the mummy ride at universal is pretty scary shit. are we are we live streaming right now is that what we're doing we're not live streaming we have our guest mr amp mcginley has joined us in the chat in in the, in the studio so introducing our good friend of the show podcasting og and the champ as he's put here which is a reference to his new show mr amp mcginley hey mister hello guys how are you all right, I'm going to change my artwork so it lines up a little bit. Later. I'm not. I'm not in full champ mode. Otherwise, I'd have is this beauty on. That's is the, that your uh, merkin? That is that is <laughs> that is everything right now. That is that is my my persona is contained entirely within that. But uh, we we we're developing a live show. Well, I say developing. We're actually doing a live show in february so we're doing a lot of work on that for that yeah, which is, I, also, uh, I said to you i want tickets to this motherfucker right now and you're like <laughs> yes come along um so yeah we what live what show holding... for what yeah, yeah yeah like i'm very confused now like are you wrestling is that what's going on so the the show that we've got is called wrestling with the champ it's a podcast it started entirely during lockdown the the alex is very kindly just popped that up there that's what i look like with the wig on um that's all photoshopped. Those aren't real apps. Uh, no way. Yeah. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think that's. I think it's you. I think you're just downplaying your physique right now, and I don't think it's well, acceptable. Thank you very much. It was very, very cold. That's that's a little tip. If you're ever in a shot like that, <laughs> go somewhere where it's cold and everything just goes. That it was warmer in that shot. It was very warm in that shot. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking. I love it. It's very Mick Foley. I dig that quite a bit with like uh, like the Cactus Jack haircut, and that's really good. And the Ginger Ninja, that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> yeah so it, it, it was something that just came up completely from uh from lockdown so my my writing partner just dropped me dropped me a thing out of the blue and and really the only sort of wrestling connection the two of us had had was for his, his bachelor party slash stag dude depending where you're listening and we we went to a wrestling match and r- rather than just go and take him to that you know we obviously did the usual thing so we dressed him up like the ultimate warrior and he had to wear that all weekend but on the day you know, when you might normally just go spend the whole day drinking, what we actually did was we turned up at the venue uh, at midday. The show was on at like seven and we'd arranged for the wrestlers to give us a lesson. So we did three hours training with them in the ring. They taught us to bump. They taught us the rope bounce. They taught us the whole pantomime of it all. And then they let us shoot a little memory video at the end with Damien in the middle and has all taken him on sort of like a one man Royal rumble and awesome. just use using what we'd learned during the day. So we did that. And that was, that was four years ago, his wedding. And so I did that, had great fun doing it. I thought God, I could do this. I could be a wrestler. It's a great, great life. Great. Just experience doing this. There's a lot of showmanship. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of over the top. I just really enjoyed it. And I actually said on the day oh, I could do this as a job. And then lockdown hit and Damien like a lot of people was stuck at home 
and he's always written. He's been shortlisted by BAFTA for a few things that he's written before. And he just sent me the script and he says, will you voice this for me? And it was basically based on the character we'd kind of accidentally created on that day. And so the idea is it's a podcast where a wrestling fan and a retired wrestler sit down and talk about what wrestling's like. But this is a, a universe we've entirely created. And so if you imagine at the minute, I think it's fair to say you have AEW at the top and then you've got, uh, you know, quite a bit further down, you've got WWE and Impact Wrestling. And then you've got the kind of things that you might see at your local mall or your local church hall. And then keep going, keep going, keep going all the way down. Dig a little deeper, and there at the bottom, you will find the PWF, the Pub Wrestling Federation, awesome. of which the champ is the current owner and 35-time champion. And he 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 doesn't like to, to lose or play by the rules, which is part of the reason why he's a 35-time champion. And, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of it, – it's not – uh, he would say it's the big leagues. Other people would say that an audience of seven people and a dog isn't really uh, the, the kind of things you'd be aspiring to. But he's in his comfort zone. And uh, yeah, and so the, the, we, we created this and it's run and run. And we've worked with a lot of comedians. Alex has lent a, a voice to us for one of the commercials cox, that we cox, do. Cox and cox. Yeah, so um, as well as creating the universe of wrestlers, we've also created this wider universe around it, which is the ad breaks that you hear during the show are all for imaginary products that we've created. They're spoof adverts of other things that you can make. So from, you know, music to cars to services like lawyers. And it's just built up this, this huge universe. And we've done everything from just talking about, you know, talking to people that we fought in the past to old TV shows, like, uh, you know, our version of gladiators, muscle machines, um, uh, yeah. and yeah it's it's just it's just been this ridiculous thing and then we found ourselves we're just finishing up the third season of it which is pretty good in 18 months and um yeah we did a photo shoot and, and alex popped up some of the pictures from that uh in between the lockdowns and on the back of the photo shoot we we shot some candid video and that video was enough to get us books for two nights at the Leicester Comedy Festival, which is huge over here. Wow. So the next step on from this is the Edinburgh Fringe. Oh, and, nice. And yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're just looking at where we are now, but it's put us into that that ballpark. And, yeah, it's just been it's been great fun. And as I say, we've had some, uh, a lot of, it's very much based in the north of England where I am. So a lot of uh, Northern comedians have, have come in and let their voices to it as well. And we're, we're growing and we're hopeful to get some more people in on board. And it's great for me because it's been, um, as Alex Ray Kearney said, OG podcaster. Well, up until lockdown, I'd never really done voice acting, you know, which is effectively what I'm doing here. Although I would say all I'm doing is putting on a thicker accent and yeah. being thicker effectively as a character <laughs> laying it on but, thick yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but the it's, but the, the great great thing of this on the back of it is i am now working as a voice actor because i've been uh booked to work on a few other products some people might know there's a show called the offensive which is based on an imaginary premier league football club and follows the director of communications the ceo 
and the 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 chief football officer and it's very much like the thick of it tv show if you ever saw saw that um so i did a part in that then they went off and did a spin up uh, the, the the guys that make that did their own show called Jackie the Ripper which is a modern twist on Jack the Ripper uh where this mystery woman is going around ripping the guys balls off and shoving their cocks in their mouth um, <laughs> right up Alex's street I reckon that would be Ooh, and um, <laughs> why why is everyone up his street I wonder <laughs> that's well, yeah and th- yeah. no that, 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 that was great fun to do and actually that's all based I didn't realize until the this, this series was published they published it over Halloween five episodes and it was only after the last episode when they did the, the whole credits promotion we saw that um all our characters were based on real people who were involved with the case the first time around. So I've got, I play a small part in that, but I was one of the police officers that discovered one of the first police officers on the, on the scene, Jonas Mitson, uh, who was an actual police constable at the time. And I just thought it was, it was a random collection of names, but these are all historical characters. And then that's coming back for a second season this year, which is exciting. And then I've also got to, do a couple of voices and in, in, in another few products out there as well. So yeah, it's, it's a whole new world. And I think until, until you look at it, especially if you're just coming into podcasting new, a lot of it's like this, what we're doing now, a couple of guys mm-hmm. sat around having a chat, chatting about pop culture or whatever's going on, but it's this whole subgenre, and you go and you go, Oh, that's interesting. And you scratch the surface and you go into it. And there's so many, it's like, Imagine if you'd never heard of Netflix and somebody showed you, hey, there's this thing called Netflix and there's so much stuff on there. It's the same thing with audio drama and fiction podcasting. And it's just an exciting... So for me, having been in podcasting for 15 years now, to discover this whole new era, era, area, whatever you want to call it, section Mm -hmm. of it, you know, just reinvigorates. Not that I was losing my enthusiasm for it all, but I'm just super excited oh, there's hey, so much out there it's much bigger yeah completely yeah. well it makes yeah. sense because things like come in and out of fashion right like uh back in you know the early 1900s there was the radio drama and that was the source yes. of entertainment for everybody and then television came out which the radio drama slowly but steadily dried, um, dried away but then later on down the road we get to podcasting podcasting in the very beginning as you will know and not me so much you um it was it, nobody knew what it was they're like what is this and like well it's kind of like an npr show depending on what it's about you know it's it's a lot of talk and people are like oh, i'm not sure about that jump forward like you know eight years podcasting is picking up and of course with the now with the overwhelming popularity of a podcast because everybody knows what a podcast is now it only makes sense that the audio drama would make a return because people like listening to things in the cars people like um keep drawing out the fucking bullshit of the everyday life by listening to great stories that's the reason that you know audio books have never really gone out of fashion they've always stuck around um but i want to go back to what you're saying about like the uh the fictional commercials it's very much in line of like a grand theft auto or if you think about um tropic thunder um how they had like the fake uh they had the fake uh the the commercials in the very beginning for like booty juice um in the movies and all that type of stuff it's it's fucking brilliant have you ever thought about like maybe having actual wrestlers come on and talk about like the reminiscent like oh i heard about that guy you know fucking he he was always getting something like that yeah, well, we, we did. I, I don't know how closely you follow NXT, but we had Pretty Deadly, who are the WWE NXT UK tag team champions. Oh. Uh, so they came in and did it. So, so one of my other things that I do um, 
I, I present on Atmosphere Radio, uh, which is an EDM station, and I do their uh, gaming news. But occasionally these quirky interviews that come up that don't fit anywhere else on the station, and so I, I tend to get hold of these. So got to interview pretty deadly, and they very kindly agreed to do the interview in two sections. So straight interview for the for the radio station, and then a second interview as um, uh, uh, with me as Nigel Franklin, a.k.a. the Ginger Ninja. And nice. it was brilliant because they just went straight into that. It was unrehearsed. We just floated. I'd give them a list of the kind of questions I was going to ask them. And, you know, I'm kind of saying, like, where's best place you've ever wrestled? And they're like, oh, BT Studio, Purpose Built, all that. I was like, never heard of it. Have you ever been down cock and pie on a Friday? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and uh, and, and they, they just ripped me apart, and it was brilliant. But one of the great things was, and I didn't, <laughs> didn't, I didn't really clock it until after we watched it back, and Damien was watching it. He says, I can't believe we just had a WWE wrestler name check the PWF because that's, you know, we just, this thing doesn't exist. And now we've got, and all right, you know, th- these aren't, you know, necessarily names that people are going to know, but they're part of that. They're part of that family. They're part of that group. And mm. if they progress the way they're going to be going, you know, they might pop up, you know, it, 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 on the American stage in eighteen months, two years, and it's just this. Um, you know, we're, we're very much open to all these elements of it, and um, you know, if we if we can get that, we'd love to. And actually, what I did before Christmas was. Um, there's a guy I know, one of the comedians who's who's done some work for us, is actually a massive wrestling fan. And he, a guy called Tony Wright, and very young comedian, very talented comedian, somebody you're going to hear a lot more from, especially in the UK in the next few years. And he has been training for the last two years to wrestle, and he made his debut uh, in, in a small town north of Manchester called Chorley. And I went to see it and support him, but didn't just go, you know, as me. I went in the wig. I went in character. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and the, the amazing thing was, is if, if you know uh, Jeff Lynn from ELO, you know, I do look a little bit like that when I've got it on. It's just so big and imposing. And I went there and I thought, people are just going to go, what, what's this guy's problem? What, what, what are you doing? You're not being respectful or whatever. But everyone completely accepted me. I was just in the audience cheering on. And like <laughs> when I was going to the bar, and people are going, I love your hair. Oh, never straighten it. Mine used to be that curly. Um, <laughs> and then, there's, there's, uh, and it was, and honestly, I got hit on by, I'm, I'm just going to politely say, uh, w- women of three different generations hit on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, and, and you know, the thing is, I, I, I'm not blessed in the hair department at the moment. Uh, so it's quite an experience to sort of have that kind of. I say, at the, in the moment, you're still hanging on to that. One day, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 the, well, the thing is, is because we, we weren't sure what we were going to go for the look of the character. Um, we were toying with a kind of uh, Hulk Hogan kind of uh, appearance. So um, oh, yeah. you, you might be able to see it's a little, a little bit long at the back there. Um, That's amazing. So, so that might it. that might still happen. The problem is it's long at the back, long on the sides. It's like a reverse... Uh, mullet because there's nothing on top uh i mean you could you could do like generations though like that be like oh well this is how i looked when i first started the wrestling this is how it progressed and now it's good looking like this because it shows that your age is progressing and that you know you're still trying to like hold on that's that's fucking hilariously great man i love that it really is 
Well, I, the I, thing I is that that's been a real cr- real crossover in terms of like, as I say, I, I'm not always sure where where Nigel ends and I begin. You know, especially because we've used a lot of pictures from my past in our promotion. Awesome, that's fucking brilliant. I, I, I was. So, when is this going to launch? When are you going to have like? So, uh, so, the, the, so the, 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 the actual the podcast is, is out now on all okay. the usual platforms. It's called Wrestling with the Champ. Uh, we're currently front page on Castbox. We've very nicely been very supportive of us, which gave us a boost of like uh, an extra couple of thousand listeners for our Christmas episode. Um, so the, the, the podcast is there. There's over, oh, we're, we're doing about seven or eight episodes a, se- a season because we do generally one episode a month just because there's a lot of writing that goes into it and a lot of production mm-hmm. as well. Um, so there's enough for you to jump into if you've never heard it before and an experience, but not so much that you're going to be overwhelmed. And also you don't really need to know what happened before so you can come in and listen to the latest episode and to be honest i'll be i'll be very upfront and say if, if you if you take the time to go back and listen to the very beginning you know you'll find that my acting's improved massively or at least i'd like to think think that it has <laughs> yeah but with the the actual live show is going to be in leicester in the uk valentine's weekend so that's february the 12th and 13th tickets are on sale now it's part of the leicester comedy festival and touchwood um obviously we're in unknown times with uh, all the restrictions and those kinds of things but it looks like it is going to go ahead and if it doesn't there'll be full refunds for everybody so yeah i mean that's i'll have just, to speak to you afterwards I, I, to get tickets because i'd love to go and uh, meet you properly in person because we've worked together for years but we've never actually met which is weird to fucking think about right <laughs> i know <laughs> that's so modern weird. life I wonder if that's like to yeah, yeah, yeah. do something with somebody for years and never meet them in person. Is it weird? Cause I always, I always wonder what Alex smells like. Like that's my biggest thing is like, I wonder the first time what's going to happen when I hug him, what he's going to smell like. I feel like he smells like a father figure in like a radio personality. So there's a little bit like old pizza and beer on there. Like I got this idea in my head. I'm afraid that I'm going to lose it as soon as mm. I hug him. Like you smell like a normal person. Can you go like not it- bathe or something? Yeah, I think it depends on like how he approaches it. Like if he approaches it like it's a first date, he's yeah. going to groom and he's going to wash and he's going to put the aftershave on. But I have a yeah, friend yeah, of mine yeah. who, who who is very happily married now. And before he got happily married, I'm not sure if this happened, but he had this theory where first dates were lies, you know, by doing all yeah. those things. He says, so you should, he says, you should go to a first date the way you would just go home after work. You know, because that's your reality. <laughs> that's how you're going to be. And he was going as far as saying like, you know, you know, if you would burp and fart during the meal, just let it all out. Just be who you are, because then that's not going to be a surprise. And if they like you who you are, then then you found the one. Yeah, my my wife says something similar. She, my, like not exactly similar, but like um, you know, you my wife's not doing much dating, right? No, she like <laughs> no, she like um, she farts and shit like normal people do. And I guess her dad told her when she's younger, she's like, if you can't fart in front of a guy, then he's not for you because fucking you know you got to be who you are and shit. And that, that, it was very reminiscent of that. So Alex, when I hug you for the first time, I expect you just to let it all out. You know, every it's gonna be bodily the most weird fluid. Hug ever because I'm gonna stra- smash my armpit straight in your face. This is what I smell like. <laughs> oh my god! Can amazing. you smell what the armpit is cooking? <laughs> ah, it smells like there's, open there's the spirit in, at the same um, time. There's a scene in Cobra. It's not a spoiler, but there's it's a funny scene where um, Danny Larusso is sat in uh, Johnny Lawrence's apartment. He's like piece of ham, 
and he like you he, he, he see the oh. water dripping from the packet of the ham, and he goes to give uh, Danny Larusso his ham, and that's what I smell like. Is that ham that's been in the fridge for a little bit too long? There you go. The ham that's juice. Right. <laughs> you smell like ham juice. That sounds that ham, sounds ham delicious. Juice. We should bottle oh that. We should sell it as a as a fragrance ham juice. <laughs> Didn't you just like post something about some girl that was selling her farts for a long time or something? Yes, oh, yes, yeah. just uh, we, we, we brought Thorskin back as a live show. It was really fun. And we, so we bring a couple of um, uh, subjects to talk about. And one of them um, was uh, this, it was David Raby's story, actually, about a, a girl who was selling farts, making £38,000 a week selling farts. Like, unbelievable. What am I doing wrong with my life that these women are selling their farts for 38,000 pounds and I'm trying to fucking make sure I can pay my mortgage on time? What, what is this to retire, work to? Because oh, oh she's out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, you're welcome. Um, I love what you're doing, Anne. It reminds me of uh, People Just Do Nothing, which is um, a very popular show in the UK. Yes. It's like uh, this rapping radio station in London. Um, it's a spoof. It's a, it's a mock mockumentary type thing. And it's about these guys that think yeah, they're the absolute shit they got their own radio station so it's a, a pirate radio station and like when you talk to them they feel like they're just going to take over the world they have this absolute belief that they are just the absolute shit and i kind of love that and there's this one episode where they're doing like a call-in um uh competition where they're trying to give away this bottle of uh, knockoff aftershave and no one's calling in and then just sat there like waiting for someone to call in like oh my god no one's calling in and then when, when someone does call in they're like what <laughs> they have this absolute which is something really kind of cool i like about that and then yeah. um, there's a movie now that's been released where they're actually big in japan like <laughs> and they go over to japan i haven't seen it yet but it reminds me of that is it is there sort of influences that you've taken from um from your show i mean that that is that is really high praise as far as i'm concerned in terms of mm. uh putting that out there uh interestingly enough they did um in the same way that they took the the office and made an American version of it. They did try that with people just do nothing. And um, it, it, they did a pilot and it just didn't take off. And so you can find it if you look for it out there, but they had to change so much of it because so much of it is quintessentially British. And the, the, you know, mm. the fact that we have to have licenses for our TVs and radios and things. Um, I think the, one of the best comparisons we've had is um, like a cross between Alan Partridge and that Peter Crouch podcast. You know, right, so yeah. I think yeah, the, the, the so Peter Crouch is a re retired international uh, soccer player, around about the same time as David Beckham, but he was basically you'd look the, at him, um, yeah, yeah, he, as tall as that. Yeah, he, sh he should have been playing basketball, you know, <laughs> and um, but he was just you know he, he's one of the funniest people ever. Like somebody once asked him in an interview, they said, "If you'd not been a footballer, what would you have been?" Expecting him to say like you know a basketball player, and he just went a virgin. <laughs> and, <laughs> And uh, that, that you know, he's been very famous for that. And so, literally, there's a, one of the biggest podcasts to come out of the UK in the last few years is that Peter Crouch podcast, which is basically him and a couple of journalists. And they just say, "What's it like, you know, in the dressing room before a game? What's it like scoring a goal in the World Cup final? What's it like on the cat on the coach on the way to a match?" And that's that's the show. It's a very simple format. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, obviously, you know, he, he's got this wonderful, unique personality that, that makes it run like that. Um, I think to try and 
replicate something like that artificially is, is very difficult and so i think that's testament to to damien's writing um yeah. and also it's it it's been it's been good for me because it's pushed me uh, as a as a writer and a creator to come up with these different concepts so one of the one of the episodes we do um is the champs disappeared you know he's just won the championship and then he's disappeared and no one's seen or heard from him and this mystery text pops up and Damien, the, the episode starts with Damien on this farm in the middle of nowhere, walking through this country estate, trying to find him, and suddenly discovers awesome. that he's on a film set. And against all the odds, the champs always wanted to make a film. Uh, and usually these film plots involve aliens and sex with <laughs> Megan Fox. Uh, and uh, no, no, nobody's commissioned them as yet, but somehow he's managed to get himself a, a, a part in a straight-to-DVD to movie. Um, and, and it's funny actually the, the what you were talking about there about the the absolute belief that they've got in, in people just do nothing I, I've n- not quite seen it that way but you're absolutely right it's the same way that the champ is when he's talking about what he does and in terms of the work that I've done previously like I've worked in radio TV I've done a little bit of um, film as well I've met a lot of very untalented but very successful people hmm. and the thing the thing that I would say that they all have in common is they have no awareness of how untalented that they are. <laughs> yeah. But they just, they're, they're so, they have this belief. They have this absolute conviction that they're great at what they do. And, and, and this, this not caring for what other people think. And it's incredibly frustrating, you know, if you have any talent, but also if you step back into, and think about it, it's quite inspiring for what you can achieve with very little. Um, and, and I suppose actually we just we just have to look at some of the people that have held very high levels of office in uh, both our countries without many many particularly natural born talents. Just uh, emphasizes that. So, uh, but yes, uh, brilliant. I, 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 I welcome and I'm very humbled by that comparison. So what you're saying is, me and Alex need to stop focusing on actually doing good work, and we just need to focus on telling everybody that we're the best. Is how we're going to succeed in this um, in this love that we have of podcasting because we do, well, we just focus on bringing good content. I guess that's not the way to go. Well, the th- the thing is, I, as as a coach and a teacher, I would say absolutely focus on the content, focus on what you're doing, push yourself and make something great. But we do live in this weird time where we have. Um, you know, without meaning to get political on this, but you know, just as an example, whatever's happened, whatever mistakes have gone on, wherever badly things are, how many people are dying, you still have Boris Johnson going, We have this world beating uh track and trace system, we have this world beating virus rollout and a vaccine rollout system, even though the track and trace system was never very good and the the, the people aren't taking the vaccine anymore, partly because they've run out of people to take the vaccine, um, and, and the most part. And then in America you've got this whole MAGA movement, make America great again. And it's, it's, you know, why not? Who, you know, especially how can you be against that? You know, how can you be against making, making your country great? You know, everybody wants that. We, we, we actually have that word in our name, great Britain. You know, we, we already have that there. Um, So, so it's kind of this thing where, but then that just seems to be the, the argument against everything. And it's right. It's more, I don't know, more showbiz and bluster than actual, fact but then i think this is why i mean i'm sure you've probably talked about it in your other shows um movies like don't look up really capture you know the, the state of the world right now 
Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it yet. Is it, one? It's such a weird thing because like it, it appeals to me. I mean, obviously, I love Leonardo DiCaprio and stuff. It's it's just that like people are like really hit and miss with this. I see a lot of people like this is fucking brilliant. Don't look some why you need to watch it. That's some why. I will. I will. It's one. Yeah. It's one of those things. I'm, I'm still. I. I. You can ask I'm Alex. Man. I'm, I'm, I never used to be Tom. I used to be like, go and no. watch something, and you would, and you go and watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you're kind of like I, I'm busy. I run a business now, man. Like, and it's not even like a business that I'm like super stoked to do. I just do it because it's my job. But like. It, I'm trying to essentially movies I've seen in a long time. I like I loved it so so much because of how simply brilliant it was and how it sort of like I'm what I'm saying portrayed how the world is now. Excuse me. So uh, <laughs> that's how we would deal with shit like that. It's you know it's true. That's fine. I think well, I think I think everyone needs to listen to the show more because we are the greatest podcast that's ever existed since ever. <laughs> period. Like you know, don't look at the numbers; just look at everything else. Look at how great it is. Uh, people all over the world are talking I, about how great we are. Does that work? I feel I feel like you've got to be able to lose a few times before you become success. <laughs> yeah, you know. And I'm, <laughs> I, speak, <laughs> I was speaking to someone um, just last night. Actually, we were talking about the, the radio stuff and the podcast stuff that I've been doing. And they're like, you should you should mentor and you should teach people and stuff. I'm like, no, I'm not there yet, you know. Um, I am at the beginning, really, of my adventure, if you think about it, you know. Um, I'm making steps now. And um, I did have a phone call from another radio station that's offered me a position. And I was just, and they were like, you've got, you've got loads of really good experience. I was like, what? Have you listened to my radio show? <laughs> like it's, I'm literally just learning how to press the buttons and stuff. But it's true. The, like, the, I, the thing is, though, Alex, that, like, it's great that you've got that humility there. But what you've got to recognize is somebody else who doesn't have that humility and doesn't have what little experience or great experience, whatever way you see it that you have, is going to say yes to that. Yeah. You know, and that's that's going to be the person that's then teaching people. And so, I'm I'm not going to give you a whole, you know, great power, great responsibility speech here, but <laughs> yeah, just sure. just recognize that you, you know, you do have, and 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 this this is the thing, like with with the with the podcasting, and, and it's going to bring us back around to the the drama again in a second as well. Is you know, just because it's relatively easy to get stuff online and get stuff out there, it doesn't mean it's easy to make. Right. It doesn't mean you haven't put effort in. It doesn't mean you don't care about it. It doesn't mean that you haven't tried, you know, and, and it's like, it's like flying hours. So when I started out and this is going back like 25 years, when I started doing radio, we were very limited into how much radio we could get on because you, you couldn't do any of this now to do anything like this. You would need a studio and an engineer and a couple of other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had a student station and we were only able to broadcast live on an FM frequency twice a year for four weeks each time. And so, um, I was, I was doing like a two, two hour show three times a week. And so, you know, quick maths as you're looking at for 12, yeah, 16 hours every time we were on. And so then if, if I wanted to do that, so when I, when I finished being a student, I kept like a log like they do when you're learning to fly a plane of how many hours of airtime that I had. And I came out and I had 110 hours of airtime. And I was like, that is, that's really good. I was really pl- pleased with that compared to other people. But then you look at this now. I mean, like how many hours of shows have you guys put out, you know, with you, sir? I don't think about that. Oh. Fucking been doing it for four years, just about almost every single week. It, it goes uh, for two hours. It? 
and then not not even include fucking pod aid, which is 24 hours by itself. Yeah. So like what you're talking about there is like, you know, you're talking about like in, in a year you're putting together what, like the Lord of the Rings trilogy, all the Marvel movies and all the Star yeah. Wars plus, plus a couple of series of sex in the city in terms of like all, <laughs> all the content and the hours of content that you've put. And, and again, like I said, with, with the, with the, just because there's not, there's less barriers does not mean there's, there's less talent. There's less skill. There's, it's just mm. affording access. And even though we've got that access to it, not everybody does it. All right. Mm. So just because it is easy, you know, there's a lot of things that are easy. You know, it's so easy to write a book. It is so easy to write a book and get it published these days, but I, <laughs> none of us have done that. None of us we're have living, done that. We're living in a world now where everything's got to look sexy as fuck. Oh, it's yeah, got to have like, it's got to have sellability and you know, you've got to be able to have a product that people want and can grab instantly and it looks good, feels good, sounds good, all that sort of shit. Like if I was to release something that had um, good intentions, for example, you know, make something that, that wasn't all about the glitz and the glamour and was all about good content, you know, and had, you know, uh, moral um, ethics that was going to go out there and prove the world good and do this. Sort of People won't be interested in that. They want tits and ass Kardashians, fucking Kanye West and whatever's good. You know what I mean? It's, it's that world where it's all got to look great. And it's yes, hard to yes and no. There's, there's, there's an element of that but I'm just going to throw two spanners into your wheelhouse right now. <laughs> and do. just uh, and just from the cinema world, from the movie world, I'm going to give you Shawshank Redemption and Serenity. Yeah. Right? yeah. Right. Shawshank Redemption, absolute bomb at the cinema, right? You know, all the, all the elements were there in terms of the, the, the cast, the, everything that was put together, a story by Stephen King bombed, came a huge hit on, on VHS as it was video stores, and it's still, you know, you, you'll be pushed to find like an all time list of films that doesn't mention it. Um, and then Serenity, for those of you not familiar with it, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, the, the culmination of the Firefly series, the follow up he did to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, absolute bomb at the cinema again. A lot of this I, I, I lay blame squarely on the actual the cover art, which I think was awful. Um, yeah. And the posters around it, but uh, as a film, I, I remember when I first saw that, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is what Star Wars should have been. This is what the the, the, the in terms of character development and depth and all those things." And I'm the biggest Star Wars nerd there was, but I was like, "Whoa, this 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 spoke to me." And the thing is, you know, so you know that they, they had the content, they had the content, they had all the bits. You know, they had the the sexy, if you want to think of Morgan Freeman as being sexy or Nathan Fillon, whichever one yeah. you're going to go for, you know, they're the sexy, but it didn't work. It bombed at the cinema. Yet long-term, both these projects have come back and people have rediscovered them and stick with them and, and go with them. And so you're absolutely right, Alex. Um, and I hope when you're saying about things have to launch and being sexy, uh, you're going to take this as an opportunity to pop up my posters again. Um, and you're referencing <laughs> to, 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 to me launching as, as just pure sex there mm -hmm. pure pure ginger celtic sex appeal there <laughs> <laughs> by the it's way i'm way. gonna it's one way i'm gonna misrepresent you from here on out. i'll be like well if you ask Ann mcginley our podcast is a lot like sex in the city mixed with serenity is what i took from the whole <laughs> show that we did together it's it's really really great just ask him um i love that well, i mean hilarious. the point i'm trying to make is is if i was going to make a radio show which I, you know i have but if I, if I was like, here's an FM station, it's a huge, tens of thousands of listeners, 
blah, 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 make a show. I would make something that wasn't um, a synergy of just fucking noise that was collected from around the country. I want to make something local that local people would appreciate. And, you know, had like the, the, the warts and all kind of like... Chris Miles is one of my one of my heroes when it comes to radio, right? He made a show where he would burp down the radio. He would like it would all be full of mistakes, and he would just be like, he was laughing, joking in the studio about just nonsense. But it was brilliant radio to me, like that. But I was like a one-off. Here's Chris Miles. You're never going to see a radio state radio show like that ever again. And and you know I don't know if that would work today. I mean, I'm going to make it. Yeah, I'm that's all like, that's the kind of shit I'm going to make. But like, I mean, I'm going to force it on people. But I don't know if it's yeah. working. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think one of the reasons why that necessarily wouldn't work today is because Chris Moles was doing a lot of his best work was in the 90s. And a lot of the stuff that he did that he's most well-loved and remembered for over here, I'm sad to say, was basically replicated from stuff that was working really well in America. You yeah. know, one of my one of my standout memories of, of Chris Moles was when he did the, the Christmas version of Stan by Eminem and Santa Stan. <laughs> Yeah, but that was completely that had been done. I don't know if it was Elvis Durand or someone had done that over in the states, but they, they literally at the time you could buy these packages from people and they would send you that, and then you just revoiced it yourself. And so, oh. but so so the, and uh, this I'm not saying that this is 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 a fraud by any means because the the truth of the matter is, you know, whoever you go and see who does stand up, whatever, he hasn't written all those jokes. Somebody else has written them for him. Whether it's James Corden doing the late show or it's Jimmy Carr, you know, the Apollo, somebody's they've got a team of people that come together and write those and, and they're building their products in the way that you're curating your guests and the topics that you're gonna talk about. Um but I think I think the thing is, Alex, you know, you're saying if I'm gonna get offered this, you, you have been offered this, right? And and you're being offered this because of what you're already doing. And yeah. you're already yeah. doing what you're doing because you have a passion for it and you enjoy it. And you know what? Not everyone's going to like it. Not no, everyone's no. going to love it, no. right? No. Some people some people are going to hate it. And you know what? That's okay. It's okay yeah. because – and, and mm. again, just, just to give you a, a thing, when um, – I think it was The Force Awakens, right? Force Awakens – number one movie in the States the year that it came out in terms of ticket sales. If you break down the revenue, you go and look at the actual how many uh, tickets that sold. And obviously, geeks like us would have gone and seen it two or three, four times. If you if you brought those ticket sales down and just went to one individual person for each single ticket, right? the number one movie in America that year, Force Awakens, would still only account for 41% of the population. Right? And... And and that's at most. And so this this is the thing you've got to realize. So you're talking about two thirds of the population did not want to see that movie, even though it was the best movie of the year. Mm. I th- I think that a lot of people that when it comes to hate like that, it really boils down to people being reminded that they're not accomplishing the things that they want to accomplish, right? Like everybody has goals, everybody has hopes, everybody has dreams. And some people get busy with life and they put those things on the shelf and they don't come back to their hopes and dreams. But then there's people like you and Alex and me that do what we want to do and we have a passion for it and we just do it for the love of doing it. And some people respond and some people don't, but it reminds them that they're not doing what they want to do. So they hate on it even more. And that's where I think a lot of it kind of comes from. Hmm. I, th- yeah. I think sometimes, sometimes the thing is, is more that, and, and definitely you have this thing. I remember the first time I grew a beard. 
I was in my twenties and some people reacted really angrily to it. And it was like, and it was, and it, it wasn't because it was you like, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> what do you think you are with that beard? Thor, you disrespect my, my queen. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Shave it now. Here's a razor. You're like, what the fuck? But the, the, I, and I remember speaking to this guy and I was like, what's going on? And, and it turned out that it was because he would never be allowed to do that in the job that he did. He worked in the city. He worked for a, a corporate bank. It was a thing. And he just, he, he just was overwhelmed with a sense of unfairness. It's like, mm. you know, why, why can you do that? And why, why can't I? And, you know, the possibility is, you know, he might've been able to do it. He might've been able to grow, it, but he, he, he was, he was worried to try. And I think the other thing is as well, is that, um, a lot of people know what they don't want, but I think few people know what they want or what they're achieving mm -hmm. for the uh, short of, I mean, not, I don't want to sort of pick a new term, but you mentioned that, uh, you know, I've got to pay my mortgage, you know, I've got to pay my mortgage. Yeah. Which you absolutely do. But if that's all you're thinking about, then other things are going to go by the wayside. If you're going, yeah. you know, maybe, and, and this isn't necessarily going to be the thing that happens, but if you're like, I want, you suck to pay my mortgage. That's a goal. Yeah. That's a goal that you can have. Now your, your, your bank manager might not agree with that <laughs> as, as saying like, why have you quit this other job? Why have you wound up that business? But you know, that's a goal for you to work towards and you, you, you might not get to that stage or, or you might even get to the stage where you have something that means that you can pay one month's payment from revenue that you generate from you you know that might have happened anyway but i think you know have, having those goals but not everybody has those goals and i think there is a trouble when you bump into somebody else and and you'll find this i think this is one of the reasons why especially me and alex have always gelled is because we've we've got a passion for this this medium for this ability mm. to just connect with people and create and i don't think no I, I think every every project that we've discussed with each other, we've been as supportive as, you know, my best friends and my partner have been. You know, it's it's a hundred percent. You know, even though it's been a little left field. When 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 Alex says I'm going to do this hyper local Shrewsbury biscuit podcast, right? I didn't just go. That's a bit weird. That's a bit of a waste of you know <laughs> an internet full of people. I was like, this is really exciting. I'd love to see how this happens. You know, and, and then I was able to connect uh, Alex so that he could be a speaker on a panel at a big international conference during lockdown. And yes, that happened. You know, that actually happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, 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 and this is the thing. And again, you know, I, I met Alex when I was doing um, a, a football-based podcast, which is more about topical that, news yeah. that was happening. Yeah. yeah, and and then. And then I've switched completely. And a lot of people are like, oh, why have you closed that show? I love that show so much. So I'm just like, it's time for a change. We've done five years. We may come back to it one day. That's it. It's done. Let's go and do something else. Mm. And and again, like Alex has been just as supportive with that. And then, you know, I reached out to him a couple of weeks ago saying, I've, I've got this new, um, new project that's launching uh, this year, uh, Podcaster HQ, which is already live. And we're going to do lots of... Uh, the, it, we've kind of been inspired mostly by the fact that I don't know if you've seen, but there's more and more podcast courses out there right now. You can see them pop up online all the time. And these things will charge thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And it's like for like, for, yeah, crazy. 
teach people how to podcast and it's like there you go and then it's bye and I, a lot of it is uh, there are some very good people out there there's some great information out there but there's also a lot of people out there that are that are basically they've done a course themselves or they've done one podcast and then they're going i can make money from this and then they start selling it to teach people now i'm all for people making money through their passions but sure. I, I'm very anti people that don't know what they're doing. To, in the same way that I would be, you know, if Alex suddenly announced he was going to be teaching heart surgeons how to perform <laughs> open heart surgery, I'd be like, uh, "Excuse me, no, no." <laughs> yeah, that's, unless that's really, unless, that's, that's really <laughs> like, enough. I feel that's really like stupid. Well, one, I I don't like the idea just because it's, it's really exploiting people's ignorance for a medium, right? Like people, some yeah. people don't know how to do this; they but don't understand the concept. Them all the time. You see them a lot. Yeah, tr- tr- trust trust me, right? The next time you see one of these courses, like just do a bit of due diligence. Just Google the person and just see. Like I have no problem with this. You type my name into Spotify. You type my name into Apple Podcasts. Type my name wherever. It will come up with at least a hundred different episodes that I've been involved with, whether as a, a producer, a presenter, a, a, a host, a writer, whatever. But these other people, their names come back. It's like, who are these people? You know what? Mm-hmm. But then, but then people aren't doing this, aren't doing this due diligence. And even like Alex said, there, I still feel like compared to certain other people out there, I don't, I don't necessarily have the pedigree or the, you know, this bit of imposter syndrome kicks in, but you know what you do have? Like, Oscar Wilde, one of my favorite quotes, and I probably misquoting a paraphrasing slightly, but the quote is, experience is merely the name that wise men gave to their mistakes. Mm. Yeah. And I've made a lot of experience (laughs) just in podcasting, (laughs) but in life in general. And, And this is the thing because, and this is what happens. So, Actually, when it comes down to it, we talked earlier about like I, I mentioned about having like this flight plan, how many hours you write up. It's not about how many hours you've done per se. It's what you've learned during that time, right? Mm-hmm. And the more different things that, and and like just the fact that you've moved on from doing something like podcasting to live streaming as well, and incorporating the video on that. Not everybody can do that. People see that it can be done, but people don't necessarily have the the nuance or haven't spent three hours trying to figure out how to get the use logo in that corner rather than in that corner or how to get the little clock up in the corner, you know, rather, rather than it reading up the actual time and they just want to show how long it's been running. You know, those kinds of things that you, you learn by working on it or you pay somebody else to do it, but you've got the knowledge there because you've, you've been through that and done that. And the same thing of you've got the knowledge of how easy it is to upload a podcast through Libsyn or through Captivate or whoever you're using, you know, cause you've got that knowledge of working and integrating with people. And that's the thing that's valuable. That's the thing that you've got. You've got that real world coal face knowledge, if you will, of how things get done, you know, and, and that's what, that's what makes you valuable. That that's what gives you credibility. And it, so at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. Actually, if I don't like your show, if I think you suck is the worst piece of of streaming there is in the universe great now right? i sound like my mom thanks a lot, <laughs> but the, but the thing is it's like you guys have been doing this for four years so you can still teach me a lot even if i don't like what you're doing and and actually that's the wonderful freedom of it it's the same thing of music you know you could be raving about the new adele album 
but I'm like, oh, when's Tom Morello going to do something new with Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, you know, it's but like I can still appreciate the the marketing campaign behind the the Adele system, you know, all 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 those different things. But it's 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 not my wheelhouse, but you can still appreciate what's going on. You can still take little facets of what is being presented to you and be like, okay, so maybe I don't like the presenter, but the fact is that like what she's doing behind the scenes to get this out is very important and very you know speaks to me as a person. It's it's really interesting actually now that you say it like that because there there are certain things, especially about marketing that you see and you're like, wow, how did they pull it off? Like this person's a nobody and yet I'm seeing them everywhere. How do they go from this point to this point to now? I'm seeing them everywhere that they are. It is it is very intriguing. I mean, yeah. you can look at Star Wars, for example, you know, the, 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 the sequel trilogy has been shit on again and again and again, and everybody's like, Star Wars, dead, you know, then Favreau comes along with the Mandalorian, and you're like, oh, mm. oh, okay, so what they've done is they've learned, like I said, that their experience, you know, they've learned what not to do, and then John Favreau comes in with his huge fucking producing dick he's like here you go there's something amazing now everybody's screaming about star wars again and how liberating is that how liberating is it for you as an independent podcaster to go somebody with the budget that disney have right with the pedigree that star wars has can still miss the mark Mm. right so if they can do that then why is it why is it such a major problem if you miss the mark slightly? And this is what we've, we've had to do. Sorry, Tom, go on, you go on. Just... No, 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 you you go first. You go first. I was just going to oh. talk about you, Sirk, and this new vision that we've got because we had like we were we were saturating our own freaking channel with like you suck this and you suck the Weekly Bizarre and you suck that and you suck Chronicles and you suck. So we were like, no, this isn't what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to just be you suck, right? So we've got now just the two shows: you suck and Thorskin. You know. Every week. That's it. That's us. us. Just being us is very important. And I I like it simple. I like it. um, I I like content that I'm proud of. And I think that's something I've I've always established since the very beginning is that as long as I'm happy with the show at the end of the day, I don't care what happens otherwise. Because, you know, I'd like, you know, my kids to listen to. I'd like somebody to pick up the show down the road and be like, wow, these guys actually give a fuck. And that's why they keep on doing it. It's not because they're striving for whatever it might be. It's not like they want to, you know, be the most famous podcast in the world. We want to have honest conversations with real people and kind of see what makes, you know, the world tick. And I think that's what's been the drive behind the whole thing. And I can pretty much stand behind every episode we've ever done is that we've tried to accomplish that goal. And we've, we've succeeded at least in that. Yeah, the Carol Baskin episode. <laughs> I loved Especially, it, dude. I'm, dude the Carol Baskin episode, it was such a controversial thing for something that we're not controversial people. Me and Alex are always trying to like st- stay away from like getting the wrong light shown on us because that's not what we want. We want, you know, just good content. So, like, when this whole opportunity comes up to interview Carol Baskin's a very, you know, polarizing person with a lot of like, you know, uh, bad hype behind her, we're like, no, let's talk to her and see what happens and kind of like see who she is as a person. I feel like we accomplished that goal. If anything, like, if you li- listen to that episode and then watch the next Tarkin, you think they were two totally different fucking people. Mm. And I think that's an amazing thing as well because, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of people, when they go out and do an interview as well, they come with an agenda, right? And yeah. and and arguably, you know, by by you saying, "Oh, we want to find out who she really is," that's an agenda too. But that's a yeah. different agenda to what everybody else has got. And um, I'm just going to throw in. Uh, so one of my one of my early early podcasts, which is sort of uh, 
relaunched in a slightly different format. Uh, World of Martial Arts. It's a it's a YouTube channel, and I, I helped it up their podcast. When when I started doing podcasting full time, one of the shows I I produced was called Mix Martial Arts, which is a terrible name um, because it's a guy called Mick. But when you say it, Alexa thinks you're saying mixed martial arts Love and that. not mixed. I mean, it, what, puns are really bad ideas in a world <laughs> of voice activated things. It works great when it's down, but no people miss here. If you've got to spell it out or explain it to people, it's like a joke. It doesn't work. Um, we were very lucky in about the eighth episode of that uh, to land an interview uh, with a guy who was one of Bruce Lee's original students and oh, wow, who went wow. on to uh, to sort of teach uh, Richard Bastillo, the guy's name is. And so basically what happened when um, so there was a bit of a divide around the whole um, JKD format. And obviously Bruce Lee had developed it and it was designed to be continually evolving and yet when he died they kind of froze everything and so one element went on and carried on growing and that's um w- with with my instructor i've actually got his pants on right now uh dan dan Osanto, um who's out in uh marina del rey in california and uh then richard bastillo was kind of given by the family you know keep it exactly as it is now and so there's different elements to that as well. And so it was kind of like the evolution kind of, and I'm, I'm being quite basic on this is a lot more complicated than that. So, so forgive me if I'm upsetting anybody with that, but roughly that's kind of the difference I make. But the, the valuable thing is both these were original students of, um, of Bruce Lee and Richard Bastillo was teaching a seminar in the UK and we were able to go to that and very kindly through other people, we were able to get an interview with him. And uh, about a year later, very sadly, he was out teaching in the Philippines, uh, got a short illness and uh, sadly passed away. And, you know, obviously a tragedy for him and his family, but also it's another loss in that connection to this legacy that was left behind by Bruce Lee, you know, there's there's less involvement and so much is lost. And so what we did was um, we contacted people close to him and said, look, we did this interview. Would it be okay for us to, to release, release it again? And they said, we'll check with the family and and come back to you. And so about a week later, they said, yeah, please, please do. And so we, we dropped our regular episode and just to say, you know, uh, you might've heard uh, that this had happened. And just as a tribute, we're just going to play out the interview that, that we did with him a year ago. And in doing so, we all listened to the episode again. And we came away from that really, um, really pleased with what we'd done. And we'd never, we hadn't done this as a kind of, uh, we'd never gone into it with a kind of sort of idea of this being a a library of voices that weren't going to be around forever. Although there's an Mm. element of that with everything. But what we came out of that was every other time that you've seen this guy interviewed or or heard him interviewed or read an interview with him, 90% of the interview goes like this. So how did you meet Bruce Lee? What was it like training with Bruce Lee? What was yeah. Bruce Lee like? What was all that? And there was very little about him. And the irony is, 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 is Mick, who, who does that show, is my instructor. Mick was never a Bruce Lee fan. I mean, he loves the art. He loves martial arts. But he, he was kind of cynical and but just wasn't 
And so he was much more interested in, in Richard Bastillo. And so about 80% of that interview is chatting about jazz music and about Harley Davidson's and just life. And so what you get when you listen back to that interview is you go, you've got a sense of, of who this was as a person, not just an audio resume. You've got a real sense of who this person was, which at the end of the day, really, you know, I think we'd all say that counts for so much more rather than one thing that somebody did on one particular day. You know, it's yes. about like their, their, their character, their, you know, a, a real sense of their life. And I think, you know, so for, for you guys to go and, and do that is a real, you know, I, I can appreciate people giving you, giving you hassle for that, but I think long-term there's so much more value with what you've got and it's really going to stand out. We made a point of that with Carol as well. We, um, we made the point that we would only ask her minimal questions about Tiger King itself. Uh, and we did at the end. We were like, so what's happening with uh, GW Zoo? And she told us, you know, but we didn't want to be like, yo, what was Johnny? What, what was it like? What was you exactly? We didn't want to cram all that down her throat because that's not what they, we were talking about conservation and wildlife and animals. No, and like people, whenever I told them about the interview, they would always be like, oh, did you ask about her husband? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, actually, we never did. Like, well, why not? That seems like a real loss of like an opportunity. I was like, no, dude, like that's not what the show was about. It wasn't to bring her on and blindside her with a stupid question that everybody's trying to ask her. It's like I we brought her on and she's done so much for the care of wildlife. And I think like Alex, you asked one of the best questions. If if there were no more, you know, tigers that need to be kept in captivity, what would you do? She's like, I closed down my zoo flat out she's like i would not care for these animals anymore because i'm doing it because nobody else can or they don't have the ability to do so i thought that was brilliant like you know there's there's this person that is known for one thing but the one thing that she's known for she doesn't even want to really do she just does it because nobody else can and i think that's a very important thing to know and i i love what you just said i really do about like the the library of voices because we've had people on and we've spoken to people. And I think like the first episode is always kind of like that. But we've had the opportunity to have uh, not not like that. But like it's always like the very standard interview where you kind of talk about the things that, you know, that everybody wants to hear, things that they know them for. But then sometimes we have the opportunity to have people come back on again. And I think that episode is always more important um, than the first episode because we had Mark Summers on. First time we had Mark Summers on. Um, it was all about, you know, the, the TV production. It was about Nickelodeon in the 90s and things along those lines. We had him come back on for Pod Aid, and I would argue that was a far better interview, even though we were sleep-deprived, even though, like, there was so much going on in the background. I feel like that interview was so much more important to getting to know who Mark Summers is than anything else. And, like, he said some really beautiful things about life and death, which I, I think is you know, just it's, it's need to know how somebody who, you know, has some like real health issues and all this type of thing kind of views the world at that point, because we all take life for granted, right? Like it's all in front of us. It's right here. It's right now. It's going to go on forever in our minds because we're, we exist, but we're not always going to exist. So like hearing somebody that's kind of like on the edge of what life and death really is hearing what they have to say about it is so important. And it kind of takes what they say and makes you kind of live that every day that it's, you know, like this beautiful gift. And like, the fact is that there's so much chuffa that we, that we put into our lives because we feel that we must, and you know, we don't have to, we should be focusing on the things. So I, I think that is really, really true about the library of voices. And I, I, I appreciate what you just said actually, because now I'm going to kind of look at it a little bit differently in our, in our area. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's left me with a bit of sad regret really about um, 
we've just lost um, a past guest of ours and great guy Rob Bruce just passed away. Yes, and comic book man. This guy was an absolute. First of all, um, you know, condolences goes to his friend and family because he was a nice guy, he was a great guest. Um, but I wanted to get him back on, and I was speaking to him recently about you know sort of coming back on and talking, just chatting. Like we know you now, we've we've done the whole oh you on comic book man. Did you ever meet Kevin Smith? Or we did all that sort of stuff, and we 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 got him to talk about toys, the toys of today. But I wanted yeah. just to chew the fat and, and chill out with the guy, and we've lost that opportunity now. He's passed away with all that amazing knowledge that he had of toys. So you know, um, I, I feel that's, with that. And, that's that's, um, that's what happens, you know. I I through non COVID related things, I lost three friends last year. You know, and 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 these are people that. You reach out and you go, oh, let's catch up, and it, you don't. It just doesn't happen. I mean, the 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 one towards the end of the year was killed in a uh, an accident in uh, in Fl- in Tampa, in Florida. And I'd actually been out at the start of COVID. I was in Florida, and I was in Orlando. He was in Tampa. We tried to meet up, um, and the day we were going to meet up, he just he he had a back injury and it was really difficult for him to get out. And we were like, okay, we'll try and rearrange for tomorrow. And if we can't, and it did, it just didn't happen. And looking back, you go, Oh, it could it have happened? And maybe not, but you, you do have these regrets. But I, I think, you know, th- 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 this is it. You know, I think we, we've put so much pressure on de- defining, you know, doing things with our life, but you know, this here now that we're doing, you know, we're, we're, we're making connections and we, we have no idea what this conversation is going to do. Like we literally don't know if anybody's going to watch or listen to this at all. Right. Mm-hmm. We also don't know if somebody does when they're going to listen or what impact it's going to have. It might just be that they listen to it while they're sending down some decking. Right. And it just passes the time while they're doing it. It might be as, as we had when we, we wrapped up on the left side, we didn't get a lot of um, correspondence while we were doing the show. But as we announced, this is the last show, we're, we're putting it to bed. We had this flurry that came through and, and one that always really um, sort of knocked me off my feet a little bit was this guy that said, I just want to say thanks very much because this has got me through a lot of dark times when I couldn't sleep and I was on the edge. I'd put your show on and it would take my mind off and I would just binge it, you know, mm. and after, after three or four episodes, I, I would be distracted and then I could sleep again. And mm. that's, that was never the intention of what, of what we were doing. And then again, just going back to the library voice of voices, there was another uh, guy that we interviewed who, um, who died sort of very young considering the, the level of talent that we had. And, um, unbeknownst unbeknownst to us he had sort of like a a strained an estranged daughter and um after he died um his daughter had put like a a message up on her social media just kind of going i just i know we had our problems but i just wish i could hear his voice one more time and somebody in the comments had responded with a link to the episode that we'd done oh and so, and you know, I, I never, I never intended it for it to be that, you know. But but then again, this is this is what it's there, and you know, it 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 might be that that somebody comes back, you know, our great grandkids come back and listen to this and go, oh my god, yeah, this is I can't believe our grandparents knew each other or whatever that was, you know. 
we don't know. But the, the thing is, by simply doing this, we create all these possibilities. None of these possibilities would exist if we didn't do it. And it, it doesn't matter, in a sense, how many people listen or when they listen. What matters is that we're doing it. And what matters is that we're, we're creating something, we're making something. And even if, even if what we're making is just we're making each other laugh and we're keeping each other engaged for an hour on a Sunday or whatever day it is, you know, that's great. That's great. And if more stuff comes off it, brilliant. If nothing yeah. else comes off it, that's fine. We've got other stuff to do. It's true. I mean, I, I, I full heartedly back that and support that. I think that's really the way that you should do everything is do it for the enjoyment. And if other things happen to come from it, you know, awesome. But if not, Fuck you, Tom. I know this is a lecture about me. <laughs> 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 we do this because we enjoy it, not for the listeners, Alex. Oh, fuck. You know, well, Tom, maybe I like the listeners. How about that? <laughs> I get it, Alex. I get it. You're cool. I'm not. I get it. <laughs> we're, we're running short on time, and but um, I'd like to, if you want to sell a few more tickets for your live event. I mean, I would love to come. Hopefully, I can get some tickets when I get paid. Um, I, um, but yeah, tell people about it. Yeah, so it, 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 I mean, likelihood is it's going to be for you if you're in the if you're in the uk uh it's valentine's weekend in leicester it's the leicester comedy festival you can find the tickets on their website uh you can come and follow us uh, on twitter at the champ pod uh wrestling with the champ is the name of the show uh, as they um just type us into your search engine or whatever um wherever you listen to your podcast with Spotify, Apple, whatever, just look for wrestling with the champ. You can look for my name as well. Ant McGinley, uh, all the other things will come up on there. And um, yeah, I mean, this is, this is an exciting thing. And you know what? We're, we're rehearsing this show. It's a live show. It's a two person show because of COVID, because of restrictions, because of different things, because isolation, um, we haven't been able to rehearse in person. It's all been done over zoom. And it's wow. a very physical show that we're working on. So we're getting together next weekend. Uh, we're actually going to another wrestling event. And then we're going to um, get some actual real practical rehearsing. We've, done, we, you know, we've rehearsed the script to death online, but it's, it's exciting. It's really pushing us out of our comfort zone. And also doing this is it's taking us into stand-up territory. You know, We are a stand-up show. And we're moving this from just being a podcast where here we are now in relative security doing this. Right, where the the feedback is going to be delayed from from mm. everybody involved with this, but in a stand up show, the feedback, or more importantly, the lack of feedback, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is is going to be there, and it's it's one of the things that's been on my list to do for a long time to to do stand up, and I'm kind of doing stand up behind podcasting in this, but it's it's a it's a great step forward, it's a great challenge, it's going to yeah, scare the man, shit out I'm, of me. I'm really excited. Like your journey is just fantastic, especially with the voice acting stuff. You know, you know I'm a big fan. Oh. Of and by the way, if you do, if you don't get me in for the next season to do an, an advert, I'll be I'm thoroughly offended. I mean, get me in Tom to do yeah, an yeah. advert for you. So please write something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we 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 need we need a few more American voices in there as well. So uh, maybe I'm American. I, yeah. I could do with an accent. I mean, I've got I've got an idea for a father son tag team. Actually, that you two could do. Oh, <laughs> sexy! Can I was be my dad? I've always dreamed about I was being my daddy down south because you left me down. <laughs> you left me down south and you didn't give me no love. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, uh, 
<laughs> and you are a fucking national treasure. I feel like Nicholas Cage should be protecting you at all costs. I gotta say, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show again, man. You were just so much fun to talk to. You're such an inspiration for anyone that has anything that they're trying to accomplish in life. They just they just need to look at you, man, because it, it just take a regular dude and give him like you know no opportunity to take everything by the balls, dude, and you fucking make it happen. I love you so much, sir. Thank you for coming on, man. That's that's very kind of you, and I've had a really enjoyable. I can't believe we've been on for like over an hour. It's been it's been great fun. It's gone really really quickly. And, and guys, keep doing what you're doing. I, I love I love being a part of it, even if it's just small uh, guest appearances on your journey. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward I look forward to the day when we can all do this in person in our own purpose built bar yes. studios. <laughs> yeah, the day will come, man. The day will come. I've just picked up quite a bit of really sexy equipment actually for a commission so uh, all i need now is the studio i'm ready to rock man ready to rock and you're welcome anytime It'll be great i feel like Amazing. this is when i want to rock comes on fucking behind us rock 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 i want to um, rock tom tell people about our our website man oh shit people if you have not been to our website you are missing out it is yousucknetwork.com that is where the home and hub for everything that is you suck uh we have this amazing show you suck it is me and alex wiley every single week and we bring on amazing guests we banter we bullshit we we just have a great time doing it and that's what we kind of feel that you are taking away from the show um there is also thor skin podcast it was a little show that um was started a long time ago by our um our fucking Napoleon over here, Alex White. <laughs> and fucking, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I couldn't think of something better for it. Anyways, so fucking, it was a show that started. It was the show that started it all and led to everything else that we built up to. But it's a live weekly show, uh, Wednesday nights. I, I I'm not there, but hey, there's a lot of great people like Moose Cooper and David Raby and our own Alex Whiteley. It's a lot of fun banter and bullshit, and you just need to be there. So if you have not visited our webpage yousucknetwork.com this is your opportunity to do so and is it still brought to us by the good people web orchard it absolutely is hey guys webwatch.com they are they are website builders that's what they do they don't make tesla cars they make fucking websites and guess what if you like our website we didn't build it they did so if you need to represent yourself on the online media web whatever the fuck you want to do they you reach out to them they'll bid you a million amazing website that's what they do yeah amazing well done tom really. right, that was horrible let's get out of here Rusty. <laughs> Rusty, yeah. Been practicing. Um, yeah, and thank you so much for joining me. And Tom, absolute pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for joining me and Tom. I guess over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has been Yusuf. I've been Alex Whiteley. I'm Tom Bruno. And I've been Ant, the champ, Yay! the ginger ninja. Yeah, he is. <laughs> right. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. All right. Listen up, spuds. This is Zap Brannigan, master of time, space, and everything else in between, and. Uh, Oh, yeah. Winner of this year's Modesty Award. You're listening to You Suck with Alan Tom. Your one stop for this sort of thing. Yeah.